0: Welcome to Humanity Shines with Shelley Nagel. This podcast features people from all walks of life, their ups and downs, and what inspires them. Today, we have Adam DeLisi joining us from Los Angeles, California. He's a musician and casting director. Hi, Adam. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh my gosh. It's an honor. <laughs> thank you.
0: You're welcome. I wanted to start at the beginning of your life.
1: Okay? By your way.
0: So I wanted to know where you were born and what your experience was like as a child.
1: So I was born in St. Paul, Minnesota, um, and I grew up with three sisters, so I'm the only boy. Uh, which, you know, I'm very in touch with my feminine side, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. my, uh, you know, my mom and dad were together, um, my whole upbringing, uh, I went to, you know, private schools growing uh-huh. up and yeah, you know, I was, I was really into hockey as we all were growing up in Minnesota, especially in <laughs> those years that yeah, early eighties, you know, when we we're young And so that was a rite of passage playing hockey. I mean, we, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, I, where do you want me to veer from here, from the hockey?
0: Well, so you, and did you want to, was it Catholic schools that you went to?
1: It was, it was Catholic schools. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we had the uniforms and the whole bit, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. How was that experience for you going to a Catholic school?
1: I liked it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Yeah. The school that I went to was super small. You know, it was honestly like, I think there was 10 people in our graduating class from eighth grade. So probably, probably about 80 people in the whole school from kindergarten to eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So it was very intimate and, um, you know, you got a lot of attention. And so I did, I like, I loved. I loved going there. I loved it. That's awesome.
0: What were what was like your junior high school experience like? And high school experience like, you know, as a teenager, were you a wild teenager? Oh
1: boy, like... oh boy! Oh, boy. No <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I okay, so I yeah, I went to a private high school. Uh huh. Here's where it curves. Okay. So I um, so I I got kicked out.
0: <laughs> you got kicked out of high school?
1: My private high school junior year.
0: Okay.
1: I yes, I was caught smoking in the hallway cigarettes or something else cigarettes no okay. cigarettes okay. but you know it wasn't my first um my first catch and uh, yeah the bottom line was i i was asked to leave i was i was devastated my my parents were devastated so then i ended up going to a public school in the St Paul area and um i was i was wild shelly i was wild <laughs> I ended up that whole year that I went to that public school. Uh I like hooked up with a group of friends, and we all, you know, skip school a lot, like every day. So, like every day,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was I did too. Just oh my god! So I understand. I did not go to school a lot, and I did smoke in the bathroom quite a bit when I.
1: Oh my god! We (laughs) have someone to comment. Uh, So what happened was at the end of my junior year, uh, all my friends from my old school because I still kept in touch with them they were graduating now senior year. They're going to graduate. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how do I graduate on time? So I went to my, and you know, the administration, I said, how do I graduate on time with my friends? They're like, well, Adam, you didn't get one credit all year. So you'll have to take before school classes, after school classes, pass all your regular classes and then summer school. And then if you, if you pass all those classes, you might be able to graduate on time. And I knew myself and I said to myself, uh, uh-uh, this is not going to happen. <laughs> it's just, just realistic. Right. So what I ended up doing was I went back to that private school and I said, how can I be here? And they said, you'll have to repeat your junior year. So I went back to that private school that I got kicked out of and repeated my junior year. And so I like to say I was on the five year plan.
0: Okay. And they <laughs> let you back in and then they
1: let me back in.
0: Did you change your ways when you got back into the school to like redeem yeah. yourself?
1: You know, I was on a hard uh academic line, I would call it. They you know, I had to get a certain grade point average to stay there. So, I, you know, I changed my way in the sense that I really buckled down and did my studies. You know, uh, I still I still was a little bit of a hell child. I really was a teenager. Uh but I did pass those classes and I ended up graduating, you know, which yes, yeah, so that's how that ended for me. But yeah, I'm glad I did it. You know, so you
0: graduated a year later, then.
1: Yeah, a year later than I should have. Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. and then after high school, what did you do from there? I'm curious.
1: Oh boy, so yeah, we're still on out of the tundra at all.
0: Oh, we're not. Okay, <laughs> <going Sorry>.
1: <laughs> So you know, so you know, my my party ways kept kept going on, and um, I ended up moving out to Los Angeles actually when uh I was 21. When I turned twenty one, I said, you know what, I'm going out to Los Angeles. I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. But at the time I was into well, no, I said I was still into just partying and and finding myself, you know. Yeah. So I moved out to LA. Um, I lived with this woman that um this widowed woman, she was lovely. Her name was Gia. Uh-huh. And I rented a room in her apartment. And she was kind of like a a pseudo mom in a sense. She had kids that were like, I think, my age at the time, and she was really good for me in my life because um, I was just in Los Angeles sort of, you know, trying to find myself, you know, getting caught up with the partying. And, and here I am, 21 years old, Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. I used to go up to the comedy store all the time and sit at that outside bar. <laughs> and I made friends with the bartender. And, you know, I would, you know, just party my paychecks away. I was working at the uh, Ralph Lauren store on in Beverly Hills on Rodeo Drive and by day, you know, and, and just um, and so that was a little stint, you know, and I ended up coming back to Minnesota. I don't even know if I lasted about a year. It was around a year, I think. Mm-hmm. And I came back to Minnesota and here I am back in Minnesota. I moved in with a good friend of mine and his wife at the time. They just got married really young and they were about they just had their first baby or a couple mm-hmm. of years, ago, their first child. And so I shacked up with them. So it's them and their child and then me. And my waist kept going, you know. Um, so this is sort of where it kind of like turns into where I met Debbie. Um, so now I'm... be like this. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm about 22, 22. Okay. And I was working at Whole Foods Market at the time. Okay. It was the first one in St. Paul on Fairview and Snelling. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Fairview and... What was the street? Fairview and something... But anyway, um, a friend of mine, at the time I was into screenwriting, I decided I think I want to be a screenwriter. I love writing, and that was the only thing in school that I was ever really good at, in the sense of like I shouldn't say good at, but the sense that I I, I ever really like, um, you know, kind of whence so teachers would comment, oh, your writing's really good, you know, blah blah, yeah. blah. So this friend I was working with at Whole Foods, he he um he played the piano. This guy, okay, so his friend had this party every year. It's yeah. a filmmaker, actually you might have known him. Um back in the day, his name was David Burton Morris. No. He did I don't... a film called Paddy he did a film called Patty Rocks, oh. which is an eighties classic. If you look it up, I can't remember who's in it, but I think Jamie Gertz is in it. Okay. Um, it was really it was he you know, he it was one of his um stamps and he's from Minnesota, and so every year he had this party at his mansion in uh what was it? Uh, minnetonka lake minnetonka it's like a holly you know film pitch party and so people from l.a and new york would come to this party oh Uh, yeah all people in the biz this was like 90 where are we now 95 96 96 i think um and you know just schmooze you know (laughs) scripts you know how we do
0: let's be real about it yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and so my friend that i worked at with whole foods he would play the piano at this party ever. he was the pianist at the party he was older than me. So he said, Adam, why don't you come to this party with me? I know you're into street branding. I think this would be good. You need to meet some people. And I wasn't going to go. I was super hungover from the night before, of course. Like, awfully hungover. Like, terribly hungover. I was just like, I can't do it. He, so A good friend of mine talked me into going. He said, Adam, something is telling me you have to go to this party. Oh, wow. Something is just telling me. Just push this So I did. I went. We get there. All of a sudden, um, and I... Debbie tells this story better than me, by the way. So when you, if you get to have, when you have her on, she yes. will tell you the story way better than me. So apparently she saw me first. She was Debbie. So Debbie was at the party. Yeah. She was the girl that was serving drinks behind the bar. She was hired to do it. She, uh, from the Minnesota film board at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. The Minnesota film board was sort of delegate people to go to these events and Debbie was part of it. And so they're like you go to this party and serve drinks and she, you know, she's an actress. So she was like, especially in those days, she was so excited to meet people too. And she says she saw me first and, um, and, uh, oh gosh, I I, I want to tell the story fully in detail, but I, she does it so well, but to like a long story short, um, I met Debbie there and we connected. I went to get a drink and she like purposely. She said, stuck the wine, Pork in the wine bottle like purposely like and to ask me to help her get it out you know oh. <laughs> and so here i am like she said my brow was sweating up really i it was honestly oh, like, help her get out we started talking we started talking and honestly okay you're gonna really throw up when you hear this and it's so cliche but it's so true for me <gasps> when i met her she had this like that night and she had this like lunchbox purse that she used to carry with her and like all these stickers on it, you know, very Debbie, it like fell to the ground at one point and all this stuff fell out of it. And at that moment, I like, I said to myself, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. She's the one. I know it. I know. Like, I honestly knew that she was, she was, she was it, you know, like that was, and <sighs> it was it. like I had this, it was a, it was just an overwhelming feeling. And, um, that we, you know, we hung out that whole night and talked and blah 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 connected. So she found out that night that she was accepted to the William Esper Acting School in New York. Actually, um, yeah, and she had to leave in two weeks. Oh my God. Yeah, at the so so you know we hung out for those two weeks, like every day after that party. And, and yeah, when you when you have Debbie, she will tell the story in detail of that night, and it's <laughs> really funny. I'm leaving out so many hilarious details, but she will tell it. Um, but we hung out. Um, For those two weeks, every single night, you know, and she left and I said to myself, oh, my gosh, there goes the woman in my dreams gone just like that, you know, and at the time in those days, you know, you could walk somebody to the airport and like walk them all the way up to the gate, you know, like you could mm-hmm. come. In. So that's what I did. And she was out in New York. And, you know, um, we were sharing like money, like from day one. Like I was like so naive at the time I would like send her like stacks of 20s in an envelope <laughs> because <laughs> she was short on reds and it just nothing faced me it was almost like we picked up from another life or something it just was so easy it, yeah, it was so familiar and um
0: soulmates right there
1: let us you know and um so what ha- yeah so i've three months of her living out there and us talking every day she's like what are you doing in minnesota that why don't you come out here you know Ooh. and i was really just working full-time at whole foods market and you know trying to find myself as <laughs> I, said, I didn't know what I was writing. I wasn't even doing music yet. I didn't even pick up
0: either. Oh, wow. And you were 21 at this time, right? 22.
1: 22. Oh, 22. You had, okay, you were 22 at that time. Yeah, point. so I was a late bloomer with the music. but So I just said eventually, you know what? Yeah, what am I doing here? I'm going to come join you. So I joined her in New York. Um, we lived in this apartment at the time with this bartender, this older gentleman that she met when she first moved there. That just kind of threw her the keys. She would go to this bar after class. <laughs> it was right across the street, you know, just to whatever. And she had such a hard time finding a place to live. And this bartender, his name was Michael. God bless him. He had passed away about ten years ago. But he, uh, he said he just he was like kind of this older gruff guy, this Irish guy. He just threw her the keys on the bar. He goes, "I'm down there on 30th and Third. The address is go check it out. If you like, you can have the room." <laughs> wow. <laughs> so she rollerbladed down there, and that's where she ended up living for her first place there um with his Irish bartender named Michael um and love it. yeah so when I got there Michael was kind of like who's this guy you know so <laughs> we rented this bedroom in this place and it was just like we were all stuffed in there and but it was those early days in New York you know Yes, it didn't really matter um so that's how like I got to New York and sort of how Debbie and I connected um but I want to leave room for geez I'm going off here have you ever-
0: no this is great I love it what part of New York were you guys in then?
1: We were in, well, Midtown. 30th and 3rd was our first apartment.
0: Okay. 30th and 3rd. Yeah. So you got to New York. You moved yeah. there with Deb. You guys were like, we're going to be together. Th- did she feel the same way? Like you're the one as well?
1: She she did, actually. She did. I don't I, No, I, I'm very proud of the fact that I spotted it right away. Now, she may say she did it. She probably did. But I, you know, I think it took her a little while. Put it this way: We were engaged for fourteen years before we got. Wow. Married. <laughs> and that's and that's not usually that. For whatever reason, people think that God had a hard time committing. No, Demi will be the first to admit she has, she has a hard time with commitment. You know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> so you guys were in, you were there in New York. So I'm curious because I know you guys have done all these different jobs and creative adventures. I want to hear from New York, where everything started to go from there when you got there.
1: Yes. So we're in New York. We're living there now. You know, we're all, we're both taking jobs. Like um, I think Debbie worked at Old Navy was her first job, you know, for a while I was taking, I worked at a flower shop. We're working jobs. We're trying to, Debbie's going to acting school at Bill Esper, you know, Uh, I was just sort of like, just picked up a musical instrument and I was realizing at that time, I was like, oh wow, my writing I can put it to music, and I, this really fills my soul. Like, holy cow! What is this? Oh my goodness, I'm not going to put this guitar down now. But I was writing a um some a script at the time actually, mm-hmm. and so Debbie had always fantasized because she used to date rockers back in the day. You know, <laughs> she was like a hairband girl. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, you know, she had so many old like uh, loves. She always was like, I was never really a boyfriend girlfriend. I just had lots of loves. Yeah. I'm like. So all her old loves were like band guys, you know? And so she was kind of like over that phase. And so she was hoping, she she she's like envisioning Adam has to be a writer because I'm the actor and he can write things that I could be in. It's like, yeah, that was her whole hope. And then so we're, you know, we're shuffling and jive and doing our early New York day thing, being artists, you know, trying to figure it out. And then what, at one point I was like, eventually I was like, I got to make a decision here. Do I really want to pursue music or do I want to pursue screenwriting? And so I made my decision that it was going to be music, and I told Debbie, and she she was like, "Oh, that's great, that's great." Right. <laughs> that. She was happy, but she was disappointed. But she, no, see, and so you know, from there we we just, oh my gosh, we worked so many jobs, like just random jobs. We used to do these promotions on the street, these street promotions. I'm sure you've seen them living in New York, you know, mm-hmm. where you like hand out. We had a friend that used to hook us up with these jobs, and we'd hand out certain items, you know, for street promotions to, you know, retail clothing to rest, you know, the, the grind. And yeah. uh, Debbie was actually, you know, she did a lot of um, background casting in Minnesota in the early 90s.
0: So this so. was before she went to New York. She had worked before on some I of those bigger yeah. films because she had done like Mighty Ducks, right? And some of the the older films that were filmed there.
1: Yes, she did uh, Mighty Ducks, uh, Grumpy Old Man. You know, uh, all those early Minnesota Jingle All the Way. She was actually in Jingle All the Way. Oh. She oh, hits God. Arnold over the head with a breadstick and calls him a pervert. You <gasps> I know, like, watch right, it now. You know, like right before he slides down the slide into the balls at the mall.
0: I don't remember <laughs> the movie very well. I saw it, like, or like, when I was a kid, but. And now I'm going to watch it since I know Debbie's in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so she worked on those movies in Minnesota. Uh, that's kind of how she got her start in film as far as the production side, you know, mostly. Yeah. And so that was before I even met her. So yeah, so fast forward again, back to New York. So, you know, she she got a call to work. What was it? back The first one back, pretty much. So she'd taken a break from production for a handful of years there. And she got a call from somebody to to do the background casting for Joel and Ethan's film. No, no, I'm sorry for this film called fat totem in Minnesota. Do you remember? Fat
0: I do. One of my friends who was on the podcast worked on it as well.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. That's amazing. That's- yeah.
0: Vanessa miles. Yeah. She was on the, she, yeah.
1: Oh, wow. I okay. think
0: she did something with production or wardrobe on the film.
1: Got it. Yeah. So, so, so Debbie was like, yeah, of course it was a cool movie. It was all about uh it it was Charles Bukowski basically. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, a book Charles Bukowski wrote. So Matt Matt Dillon plays Charles Bukowski in it. And uh, it was fun. It was shot in Minnesota. Yeah. So Debbie goes back to Minnesota. Yeah, this was this is now, you know, we're, you know, we're like gosh, we're like 6 years into living in New York. And um and so she starts doing that. And so she's asked me, she's like, do you want to be a stand-in for Matt? And I said, and I'd never been on a film set before this. I've ever been on a film set. And so I was like, sure. I mean, you know, I. she's like, you know, you can get paid and we'll be in Minnesota together and blah, blah, blah. So that was sort of like how we, that was my first soiree into film. And then Debbie started again there. And from there, it just sort of morphed, you know, eventually a year or two later, a year later, she was like, can you help me with this job? Because I was doing other jobs. It started becoming Debbie's thing again, casting, you know, background casting slash search casting. Yeah, It started becoming her thing again. And I was just working my restaurant jobs in New York, you know, whatever I was doing at the time. But then one day she said, can you help me with this job? Um, I could really use your help. And I said, of course, you know, what are we doing? So we did it. And then she's like, you know, you really got a good knack for this. You got an instinct. I was like, oh, okay. She's like, do you want to like, should we just like start working together? Like we could be like, and I'm like, oh boy, we live in a nine by seventeen foot apartment. That's not very big. <laughs> that was our apartment for thirteen years, nine by seventeen feet. Literally. Oh nine by wow. seventeen feet. Imagine that.
0: I can imagine it. I live in a pretty small studio here in you know? it's Like
1: Yeah, okay, so you can kind of get a picture. I can. And I'm like, okay, so we live in a nine by seventeen foot apartment together. We're 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 loves. We're best friends. And now we're gonna work together. Oof. You know, <laughs> and they're like, think about, it. but I'm like, sure, let's try it. So we did. And, you know, that just led one thing to another. And, you know, here we are today. Right. Um, but that's sort of that's kind of how it started with the casting with both of us. And yeah. um, And so we were in New York, you know, up until 2012. um, Still doing our art, you know, here I am out, you know, Doing shows with music now and progressing in music, learning a bunch. You know, uh, I had a really amazing mentor in 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 New York. His name was Lennis Gas, uh-huh. and he was uh he was an old like uh, R and soul guy from the '60s. And when I met him, I was so green, and he was like 60 years old at the time. And it was through a friend of mine and that I worked with at this health food store in Brooklyn. He said he introduced me to him, and he was like. I mean, he is just a stable stamp on my soul. This guy, he passed wow. away years ago, wow. but his name was Lenis Guess And he had a studio this like, I mean, he was the quintessential artist in the sense that here's the guy, you know, he had passed away at about at 81 years old, but he was the guy all the way up until he had to move back to Virginia, where he's originally from yeah. um, about 75, but he was producing artists, making music. Uh, you know, Lennis had a, a hit back in the sixties. He was on, uh, america uh america's bandstand dick clark's america what what, uh anyway this show you'd know it (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um but he oh my god he was just this amazing artist real soul man he was like a second father to me and uh so that's kind of how i got my music started sort of who i learned from and you know i went on to you know start performing live eventually and you know how it goes one thing leads to another you just keep You know, building and growing.
0: I wanted to ask you, because you said you did not get into music until you were about 22 when you were living in New York. Yeah. Did you, did he teach you guitar or did you, were you self-taught or how did that come about?
1: Uh, I took a a couple lessons, but for the most part, self-taught, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it just came naturally to me in the sense of songwriting came naturally to me. Yeah. Singing was something I really had to work on for sure. So- songwriting and sort of the instinct of like just uh, composing music uh, came supernatural to me, but he you know he was from the old school and he he was just um, you know about it was like all those Motown songs and just you know R and B and good choruses and hooks and stuff. It, it's so funny the one of the first times I was at his studio, he clicks on his TV and he goes, "So okay, so Adam, this is what you this is what you don't want to sound like," and he clicks the TV on. And it's a bunch of, it's a National Geographic channel. And there's a bunch of du- ducks quacking. They're like, <laughs> yeah, you know. it's like, this is what you don't want to sound like. And then he clicks off and he clicks on other things. This is what you do want to sound like. And it's like Buddy Holly, you know, just like, yeah, it was so funny. He was so simple in his ways, but he was so impactful in my life. And I used to come to him when I was um, just starting to perform and I'd have shows and I'd be so excruciatingly nervous. And I'd say, let us, let us. Um, can you give me some words of wisdom, please? Like, you know, I was thinking it was going to be something super deep and profound. Yeah. You know? And he just looked at me, and as I'm a nervous ball of anxiety, and he'd just be like, "Have a fucking blast. Have fun. <laughs> love it. Have so much fun. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> I <laughs> you know? love it." But I was like, till this day, that stands. You know, it's no matter what, as a performer, as an artist, when you're performing, it's just just have fun, man. Mm-hmm. That's, Why is this thing you could do?
0: I agree. Where are some of your favorite spots that you've performed at?
1: Oh, uh, for sure, the Bitter End in New York. Have you ever been there?
0: You know, maybe I was in a lot of places, and sometimes I don't remember.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's down on Bleecker Street. It's um okay. It's one of the like longest-standing, you know, awesome performance places. So many people uh you've known from music history that performed there but no it's a really great place to perform um just new york are we talking l.a now any
0: anywhere anywhere that you have performed that you have just really enjoyed yourself
1: yeah the bitter end for sure in new york i would say there was um i would say the mint in los angeles okay for sure um there's a place called uh, the Federal, which is a good place in LA. I really enjoyed myself But
0: Yeah, I, I saw you perform there. That was great. Yeah, you were there. Yeah,
1: yeah. I like the there, you know, there was some older places in New York that aren't there anymore. But there was another place I really loved playing at because it was also a classic. It was called Kenny's Castaways, and it was on Bleecker Street. But it's no longer there anymore, sadly. You know, I
0: remember that play. I've been there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So many of those old places have closed. You know, um, but. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a handful, you know, that I, there was this place um, up in Washington Heights that we used to perform at all the time, and uh, that closed down to, we, we, I had an acoustic trio in New York for a while, um, where we do cover tunes and stuff, you know? Ah,
0: uh, super fun.
1: You know, sneak in an original every now and then, but.
0: Yeah. Can you tell me, tell, just for the listeners, what kind of music it is that you play and where your songwriting is inspired from?
1: Yes, I would. I like to say that uh people ask me, like, how would you describe music? I say I'm kind of like funky, folky, poppy, hip hoppy.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is like this eclectic <laughs> mix.
1: I try. I love trying to blend genres mm-hmm. because I feel like um that's where you can like reach the most people.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: when you start, that's I, I. I feel like I mean categories are great. You know, there's a place for it, but I just feel like if you can blend it and still make it like. Catchy, accessible. It's like you. you, I just you can bring people together, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So that's what I strive to do. I just get the most inspired by doing that, you know.
0: And for your songwriting, what what are your songs about? Could you share?
1: Yeah, of course. Oh my (laughs) god, you got great you got great questions. This is so fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, so you know, I I'm I'm kind of like I'm a little extreme in the sense that like uh, my songs lead to be like super like introspective and deep and like the lyrics are like poetic or else i'll be like just super fun and like yeah. ridiculous like i just i have a, a a song that i'm gonna put out there now it's called on um, credit card body oh. and, and the chorus is you're a sexy hottie without a credit card body <laughs> Like, yeah embrace ourselves like we're beautiful we you know hey it's great if you want to get this done or that done that's fine too you're hot that way as well but you're also hot just being you you know yeah so like, there's fun songs like that with like fun little things and then um. Uh,
0: but that's deep too because it's like but it's got a mess. With love it. yeah love yourself be who you are
1: embrace yeah. that yeah yeah totally and then there's you know other stuff where it's like you know i, I don't know why i just thought of this song i honestly tell it i have like 600 songs oh. i didn't know what to do with all of them but i did like one song came to mind for like a deep song like the title's love is a skyway you know like yeah and growing up in minnesota would understand what a skyway is uh, yes so you know love is a skyway and you know we're all we, we we we're connected there's a path there's a you know over the bad weather there's there's a skyway that's love
0: so, you know, <laughs> play. Play. i love that
1: from there to there you know from love is a skyway to credit card body
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah.
0: And so do you you play guitar? Do you play any other instruments besides guitar?
1: I can write a little bit on the piano. Okay. I would never perform live with it. I'm not that good. But pretty much the guitar, you know, is my main instrument. Yeah.
0: That's great. Where do you find your inspiration from? Like, is it like you watch a movie or you could be going for a walk or is it? hearing somebody's story what inspires you to write your songs like where does it come from
1: oh my gosh so many places but i'm gonna i'm gonna uh uh, bring in a different layer now (laughs) i love it So you know my wild side high school years we were talking about earlier so Mm -hmm. i eventually um ended up going into recovery and uh, i've been sober for about 23 years now
0: congratulations that's amazing
1: thank you no it's it's been quite a journey so i said that because of your question when i got sober it just like unleashed this like oh my gosh i have so many feelings i want to write about and emotions and things and mm-hmm. thoughts and perspectives and so that's you know so a lot of times just you know just just being sober just in life i yeah. feel so much more than i ever did obviously
0: because mm-hmm, you know we we do drugs or you know or drink alcohol mm-hmm. to numb out or if you know to not feel that pain. So
1: Yeah. I
0: understand.
1: So, yeah, that prompted a lot of creativity. Where it's, a lot of times you think that you're not gonna be as creative if you you know, you're sober. Um, but it actually is the opposite for me. And um and then even till this day, um uh, just yeah, everything, other inspirations like people will say certain things, you know, or like say you're a line or something, I'll be like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'll write down what they say, you know. Yeah. Just random stuff, you know, um, but I feel like music should just make you feel good, whether it's like a deep song or it's like I just a ridiculous fun song, you know, just to give you a good feeling, you know,, mm-hmm. whether it's a comforting feeling or or just like a fun feeling or whatever, uh yeah,
0: so is your act a solo act, or do you have other performers that you guys sing songs together currently?
1: Well, it all depends on the where. I'll get a gig at, you know, Mm -hmm. so it depends on the venue. Like if the venue calls for like a band, then I'll hire friends to back me up. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I'll just do solo acoustic shows. Cool. So I don't really have a band per se, but I can create one fast if I need one because I have a lot of musician friends over the years, you know.
0: That you guys collaborate for shows at times.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just did one actually in North Hollywood um, last week.
0: I know Debbie had texted me, and I actually yeah. was—I had an audition with my cat,
1: so oh, that's a thing. I did. Yeah, how did it go?
0: Really good. Oh well, she's really she loves attention and she loves the camera. Like she loves, but then I put her on camera, and she's like closing her eyes. I'm like, why are you doing that? It was yeah. So, but
1: there's a short there's a short film in there somewhere too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, she's she's quite the character. I'm also curious about you and Debbie work for these phenomenal artists doing casting. What's some of your favorite things about doing casting?
1: Oh, that's a that's a good question. I you know, Debbie and I will be the first to say, like, we never set out to be like these like casting directors. Like it was always something like, we are grateful to the hilt hill, you know, the ends of the earth and back. But, you know, it was always just something that was just kind of, you know, it kind of pays the re- a breath a little bit. And so mm-hmm. we. It's you
0: know, steady work in the industry.
1: You know, you know exactly mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And,
0: mm-hmm. But
1: I think what inspires, uh, you know, me as a casting director is a lot of times the search casting is really inspiring because we get tasked a lot of times to look for uh, these really hard to cast roles. Yeah. So when overall casting directors of a film have tapped, you know, all their Agents and pe- their go-tos, and and they just they'll they'll give us a call and say, hey, let's bring Debbie and Adam in and have them do a search for this. So we, you know, what's fun about it is we get to go to different cities and do open calls. Yeah, for these really great roles that, and what I this is my ultimately my favorite part about the whole thing. I love being able, if I am able, to give artists and people an opportunity that would never otherwise have maybe that chance.
0: Right. Right. You know? so maybe somebody who was not, you know, connected to the industry or, you know, somebody who maybe wanted to do acting, but they have no ties.
1: Whatever. All those things you just said. And so I love to, I love being able to do that. And like there's so much, as you know, so much talent out there, you know, that mm-hmm. just untapped. And a lot of times it's so funny because, you know, we work with a lot of we'll audition a lot of kids, so a lot of child roles, too. And these kids have no idea, obviously, how talented they are because they just don't know. They haven't got in front of a camera. They haven't got with a casting director that will be patient and work with them. And then all of a sudden this like amazing artist comes out like, whoa. And, yeah. uh, so we, we love being in the position to be able to give people opportunities and help them, you know. Yeah. That's our fa- my favorite thing.
0: Yeah. And I think you guys are great at letting people be who they are and kind of creating a safe space. For people, And I think that brings out the best in people as well because auditioning and going in front of people can be scary and you're, you know, as an actor, you feel like you're getting judged and all these people are looking at you at times. And I, I do think you and Debbie have a gift to really bring acceptance and openness to your casting calls.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for saying that. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. what's so cool about it is we know what it's like to be on the other side, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not an actor, but I mean, I know what it's like to be, you know, a performer and like go in front of people. And Debbie as an actor, she knows what it's like to be on the other side of that audition, you know? And uh, so it gives us a lot of insight to like how, you know, we want to approach people. Like, you know, the worst thing is to walk into a room and just have this like cold, sterile environment and and feel like, (laughs) like, you know, yeah. So anyway, we try.
0: What do you? you guys do work quite a bit and you're busy traveling from coast to coast. What do you enjoy on your downtime or free time that you guys do get to have, like hobbies or interests?
1: Oh, my gosh. You got these great questions. Um, Making me think now. Uh, <laughs> you know, what are we doing on our downtime? I don't know. Debbie and I love uh just taking random trips, you know, for a weekend. Uh, like, you know, Vegas sounds so typical, but, like, we don't even gamble or, or – you know, or whatever, but we just go to Vegas to like people watch and just like yeah. soak nostalgia for like a day or two. Yeah, I had to go.
0: <laughs> just to get out of town, I think it's always great. I even take day trips to San Diego, or like I've got I'm taking the train to Santa Barbara just to get out of the LA bubble. Just like, oh, here's here's the ocean. I I feel like I never make it down to Venice Beach, and I live in LA. Like the beach is right here.
1: Yes, you so, say, yeah, that's totally it. Exactly, Shelley. exactly. But it's funny you said that because sometimes we'll just like pinch each other and be like, because we are always there talking about our next creative project. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, project, project, project. And we're just like, we got to like come up with like other things to do in our life to balance. Like we're always talking about, you know, the next Yeah. Project. What else can, we, what other hobbies can we find? You know,
0: thank you so much for being here and sharing about your creativity and what inspires you. And we will be looking out for your projects
1: oh my gosh okay and i I've been be looking out for everybody else's if that's yours is the next one too all right
0: thank you so much